On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I explain to you what running has so far taught me about life. And I share where my head is at now that it's less than a thousand days until I turn 30. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 157 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is a place where I share the lessons I wish I knew sooner. Think of this as me learning out loud, sometimes on my own and sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. Now, just very quickly, no video this week, back home, don't have a nice setup yet, don't want to do this half-assed thing on YouTube. So this week is Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening to this only. You probably know that by now, by the fact that you're listening to this, but if you're looking for the YouTube video, if you're waiting out for it, it's not coming, there won't be one this week. Just wanted to point that out very quickly. Um, to be honest, this episode is just going to be a bit of a catch up. It is quite late right now. It's 10 p.m. on Thursday. Uh, I got back from my run earlier and I was absolutely certain that I was not going to record this because I was absolutely knackered. I did not get a good night's sleep last night. I had a Red Bull at a gig at like 9 p.m., um, you can tell I'm getting old because the words I had a Red Bull at a gig at 9pm is my excuse for 24 hours later not wanting to record a podcast. But basically that bad night's sleep last night has made today a little bit difficult. Um, but I had my dinner, jumped out of bed and I thought, you know what, I'm going to get this recorded or else it's just going to be one of those weeks where I keep putting it off and putting it off and it won't come out. So here we are, quick catch up. Um, speaking of the running that I just mentioned, I am now just about to finish week three of Couch to 5K. And if you haven't been listening recently, you won't know that I signed up to run the Cardiff Half Marathon in October. And I realized that to train for that or for anything that I sign up for in between, because October is a long time away, I may sign up for other events between now and then, I'm going to need to learn to run because I think, <laughs> I think because I'm quite skinny, people assume when I say I'm unfit that I'm like, doing this kind of self-loathing humor. No, I am genuinely, objectively unfit. Um, three weeks ago when I started Couch to 5K, it was like a 60-second run and a 90-second walk six times over. And the 60-second runs were like a 9 out of 10 effort, particularly towards the end. Um, but we're getting there. I think week three is a three-minute run, sorry, a 90-second run, then a 90-second walk. Three-minute run, three-minute walk. 90 run, 90 walk, three minute, three minute, if that makes sense. So two sets of 90 seconds and two sets of three minutes. And two days into the three minute run, it's difficult, don't get me wrong, but the three minute run is no more difficult than the 60 second run was a couple of weeks ago. And I skipped ahead in the app to see what's coming up for me. And there's like a five minute run next week and then it jumps quite dramatically. It's like a 10 minute run and then a 20 minute run. And, you know, in three or four weeks time, at least in theory, if I follow through this program and it is as effective as people say it is, I'm going to be running nonstop for 30 minutes or 5k, which yes, is still a mile away or actually to be more specific is about 16 miles away, uh, sorry, 16 kilometers away from the, uh, the half marathon distance, but that's going to be a huge leap huge amounts of progress 
in nine weeks. And the reason I say this is A, just to tell you that running is this weird thing if you've never tried it, because it is both entirely miserable, but also really quite addictive, particularly on days like today, right? Had a terrible night's sleep. I knew that my kind of attitude towards the run was going to be suboptimal, but it was in my calendar. I knew it was coming. And so I didn't move it, right? It was raining outside. I was tired. It was miserable. I go for my runs when I'm back home at rush hour. So there's hundreds of cars driving past looking at me. And yet doing that by choice, knowing full well that I do not have to do it today, right? October is a long time away. Nobody would know if I didn't do it, but still dragging myself out to do it, still forcing myself to run and not stop running until the end of those three minutes on that final run when I'm running up a hill and I'm exhausted and my heart rate's like 194 BPM. Doing that by choice is actually quite nice, as weird as that sounds. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, actually, and, you know, so many of the variables within my life, if you strip out kind of third party goings on in client businesses, right? Between the business and the content and my friendships and I don't know, just most things in my life are controllable in as much as like I am in the driver's seat and therefore it's really easy for me to kind of change the goalposts if something isn't going my way. I try not to, but the temptation is always there, right? If we're not going to hit a, I don't know, a target with the revenue of the business, it's easy for me to be like, well, it's okay. We can just move it. Or if, you know, for example, this quarter I had a subscriber goal for YouTube that I am definitely not going to hit. And it's so easy for me to be like, well, 50% of that number is not bad. Maybe I can push for that. But when you're two and a half miles from home and it's pissing it down and there's a big hill in front of you and you know that you need to get home somehow, right? My car's not with me. There's no public transport where I run. And then just leading into the discomfort of it probably sounds ridiculous if you're a runner because it's three minutes of running, but three minutes of running is still difficult at this point. Doing that by choice is nice. But also the second reason I want to tell you about this, um, and I thought this literally today as I was walking back from the end of the run, is because it's kind of analogous with life, right? In as much as we never stop to realize the progress that we have made because we're always taking on more and more difficult challenges. And in taking on the more difficult challenges, we're essentially leaning up against a challenge, which is the correct level of difficulty relative to our current achievement, if that makes any sense, right? The things that you do in your job or your fitness, or your relationships, or your family today are far different to what you were doing, say, five years ago, but they probably feel around the same level of difficulty because you have five years of experience, for example, under your belt. And so I was struggling three weeks ago to run for 60 seconds. 60 seconds now would be incredibly easy, but I've moved the level of difficulty up, where in this case, the app has moved the level, level of difficulty up, right, to three minutes. And now I'm thinking, God, three minutes is quite difficult, but actually I'm coming towards the end of this week and it's, it's becoming okay. And so the next target, of course, is the five minute runs. And next week, five minutes is going to seem hard. And in the moment, as it scales up, right? One minute, one and a half minutes, three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes in October, a half marathon, maybe next year, a marathon. The perceived level of difficulty, the battle that you need to fight in your own head is the exact same 
thing, right? But because of that, because whatever we're doing, if we're operating on the kind of outer perimeter of what we are currently able to do, because we're the type of people who like to push ourselves, it can kind of feel like we're not progressing in life, right? Because when I'm running up that hill, whether it is on a 60 second run or a 30 minute run, if the difficulty is nine out of 10 and I'm in the moment putting one foot in front of the other, it's very hard to distinguish in the moment. Am I on minute one or minute 30, right? This is a nine out of 10 difficulty. I'm struggling, but actually, of course, when you zoom out with something that's so simple to look at, like learning to run, you can see that actually, yes, three minutes is longer than a minute. Five minutes is longer than three. 30 is longer than anything else that I would have done when I get to that point. But we forget that in life. We forget that just because we're going through difficulties now, just because the current challenge is as hard as you have ever had it, it doesn't mean that you haven't progressed. Now, this isn't me saying just back down, right? This isn't me saying, okay, well, this one is the most difficult challenge that you've had because you are the most actualized version of yourself and therefore it's okay to give up. But what I am saying is remember in the moment when you're coming up against a difficult obstacle in life, be that in in business, in work, something to do with your finances, your health, your fitness, your family, literally anything, that this is only possible because of all of the work that you've done so far. And as soon as you push through this difficulty, you will be the person who's able to move on, right? In a few years time, you'll look back at this period of your life, this period, which is correctly difficult. You're not wrong to think it's difficult. And you'll look back and you'll be like, actually, I could do that easily right now. And so I guess this is all just to say in my little post running epiphany that we don't give ourselves enough credit by zooming out and realizing that although the perceived level of difficulty in any situation feels the same, often the situation itself is far more progressed than it was in the past. And we don't look back and realize that actually we as individuals are progressing. The things we're doing are getting bigger and better and more ambitious. And so if that's you, you should give yourself more credit. That was a very long and unexpected tangent. I'm looking at my notes and I need to now tell you about what I did last night, which feels a little bit backwards. You know, I've, uh, I've used the intro to talk for 10 minutes about attainment of goals. But nonetheless, um, I mentioned that I had a late Red Bull last night. That's because I went to, where did I go to? Birmingham. Drove to Birmingham International, then took the train in as I do because fuck driving in Birmingham or any city for that matter. And I went to see Kean de Crow, which is apparently how you say his name. I didn't know. I was calling him like Cyan Duckrot. <laughs> Kean de Crow. You may have seen him on TikTok. He uh he sings the song, which I'm not gonna sing, which I almost just sang. Not gonna sing it. Um, but basically, it's a bit of a random one. He has a very effective TikTok strategy and has this incredibly catchy song. And to be honest, his label's marketing worked on me. I kept seeing it on kept seeing him on TikTok. And then his song was stuck in my head and then I added it to a Spotify playlist and then I listened to a few of his songs and then I bought a ticket and then I went to see him and it was really good and he's really good. And I recommend if you get the chance that you go and see him because I was expecting it to be okay and it was actually a really, really good gig, a really good night. I had a lot of fun. And he is also supporting Ed Sheeran on his tour next week. So I'm going to see Ed at the O2 next Saturday and also Kean de Crow apparently. Uh, and then the Monday after that, I'm going to see a very exciting Ed Sheeran gig, actually, 
if you listen to this or follow me on Instagram, you know that I go to too many Ed Sheeran gigs, but this one next Monday at the Apollo is interesting. So Ed's album is out in May. And of course, he's going to be in America, I think, during the release week on tour. So there is a show that went on sale and sold out instantly this morning at the Apollo in Hammersmith, where essentially you'll go in, your phone and any electronic devices will be locked away so you can't record it. And then Ed and the producer who worked on the album and a 12-piece band are going to play the new album that isn't out for another month first second third fourth all the way through to the 14th song like in the order of the album whilst telling stories about the album as they do it so that'll be exciting so went to a gig the other night seeing ed at the o2 on next saturday and then the following monday seeing ed for the new album thing at the apollo and hammersmith and then tomorrow i might go to Bury st edmunds to see my friend lewis who has a gig i'm just not sure if i can be bothered doing the drive if i'm completely honest i looked on google maps earlier and it's like 75 miles each way which is a long old drive so who knows i might go to that um but yeah things are okay at the moment to be honest i'm just in a good spot like this there's a nice balance in my life right now productivity other than a couple of off days that i've had over the past week or so has been really really good for almost a month now which is rare but actually i think this comes back to what i've been speaking about towards the beginning of this year if you were listening, which is essentially the idea of trying this year to intentionally build more balance into my life and understanding the kind of early warning signs of things, getting too busy, getting too hectic, too many distractions, whatever it might be, and understanding how to scale back. And actually the other day, again, whilst on a run, these runs are great for ideas. Again, whilst on a run, I came up with what I think is a really, really useful analogy for the approach I'm currently taking towards life planning and productivity. And so I have ordered a very random item from Amazon today. I almost said what it was, but it will kind of ruin the, the concept of the video. I've ordered a very random item from Amazon, which turns up tomorrow. And sometime next week when I'm back in the office, I'm going to record a YouTube video explaining through the use of this very random prop, my approach to life planning with a loose, but I think useful analogy. And I think you'll enjoy it. I think it'll be a good video. So I'll let you know when that's out. Um, speaking of YouTube videos, if you are subscribed to the YouTube or follow me anywhere, you've probably seen that I'm taking YouTube a lot more seriously this year, uh, working on producing a standalone, independent, unrelated to this podcast, well-produced YouTube video every single week, hopefully for the rest of the year. They come out on Mondays. There's no rhyme or reason behind that i just got bored one monday night and published the first one and so the second one came out on a monday and on monday there'll be a third one and so on and so the kind of cadence on youtube will be standalone video around something to do with productivity happiness or self-improvement on a monday and then in theory other than this week apparently podcast on a thursday um the reaction to the first couple of videos has been good YouTube did a really weird thing with the second one where despite the fact that the engagement and the click-through rate and the audience retainment on this week's YouTube video was literally, and I use literally in the literal sense, like the best YouTube video I have ever produced. It's had the highest click-through rate of any video on my YouTube ever and the highest percentage of uh, audience retention. So how long somebody watches the video for as a percentage it's probably in like the top three for that, maybe like top two. Randomly, like four hours after publishing it, YouTube just stopped suggesting it to anybody. So it kind of died a death, which is a shame. 
but I guess that's the game, right? I plan to be making 50-ish standalone videos a year alongside the 200 or so shorts, alongside the 50 or so podcast episodes. And so I don't expect every piece of content to bang. I understand and actually enjoy the fact that this is an incredibly long game with zero guarantee of success. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited to lean into it and see what happens. And I'm really enjoying these standalone videos because I was, I was actually having a conversation with somebody the other day by text. Although lots of the concepts that will be covered in the videos you would have probably heard in some shape or form on the podcast before. The thing is, if I have a great idea, if I can call it that, I know it's my own idea, but like if I put a point across really well in a podcast, let's say I made a point now, right? We're like 16 odd minutes into this podcast. If I made a point here and now that I thought was great, it's lost to the majority of people who could ever see it because unless I turn it into a clip on YouTube, which then kind of lacks structure and uh, I don't know the word, like there's not a narrative to it because it would just be taken out of the middle of a podcast. Other than the far smaller pool of people who are willing to listen to 16 minutes of a podcast before they hear an insight, it just never gets seen, right? It never gets heard. And so using these standalone videos to produce some content that's more scripted, more intentional, more directional, um, and just holds people's attention a bit more is kind of where my heart's at right now. Like I've said before, the podcast is going to continue indefinitely for now. I'm not kind of sending up a flare to say that the podcast is going to end soon. That's not what this is. Um, it's just adding into the mix standalone videos and seeing if I can deal with that workload alongside everything else. And if so, great news. If not, then I will review things later on in the year and see how I can systemize those standalone videos a little bit more. And then the only other thing I want to talk about is the fact that if you're listening to this today on the day that it has been published, I turned 30 in exactly 1,000 days, which seems like a long time ago, but I've been doing this podcast for far longer than 1,000 days. I haven't drank alcohol in almost 2,000 days, and that feels like yesterday, right? And so I have a funny feeling that lots of what I speak about on this podcast over the next two and a bit years is going to be me moving towards 30, right? As in this podcast, very originally, if you're an OG listener, was me documenting the story between the age of 24 and 25 to see just how much could change in a year. And it was this kind of micro coming of age, right? Although I didn't really learn that much in that year since I've started this podcast. I've learned a lot, right? I've changed a lot. My beliefs have changed. My view has changed. The kind of structures and habits around me has changed. Essentially, almost everything in my life to one extent or another has changed over the past three years. And we've got three and a bit years ahead of us before I turn 30, which I don't want to say they mean more because of course, 30 is a completely arbitrary age, but there's lots of research around the idea of nine enders, that being people whose age currently ends in a nine. And it's been like a year plus since I've heard this research spoken about. So I am butchering this right now. But essentially, the idea is that if you look at the habits and lifestyle trends of people whose age ends in a nine, they're far more likely to do drastic things, whether that's take out a mortgage or get a divorce, whether that's get a tattoo or swap career, right? we are, despite it being arbitrary, drawn towards these big milestone birthdays. And 28 and 29 are 
nothing years, right? <laughs> There's not a lot going on there. And so I think that lots of my mindset now for the next thousand days is going to be, you know, where do I want to be at 30? Where do I want to live? What do I want the business to be? What do I not want it to be? What do I want this content to do as, as a broader part of my life? And where do I want it to be taking me, right? What are the, the medium term end goals with putting out this content? I, I know the answer to that question. That's not rhetorical, but like, how do I move towards that? And who do I want to be as a person? And who do I want around me? Like, do I want a long-term relationship by then? Do I want a mortgage? Do I want kids? You know, 30 is a, it's an age where people have kids, I guess. It's just going to be interesting. I don't think that any particular episode is going to be different. It's not like conceptually this podcast is going to be different. And also I know for a fact that in a thousand days time, I'm going to sit here and say, yeah, spoiler, life is no different at 30 because it never is, right? No single milestone birthday changes your life. However, there is almost this, this renewed focus towards what am I trying to achieve and how can I achieve it and who do I want to become in the medium term? Because the medium term is now slowly poking its head over the horizon, right? My last big milestone birthday was like 20, maybe. That's a long time ago. I was a very different person then. I don't need to tell you that. And so it's just exciting, if nothing else, to, to live out the next thousand days and see where they take me. And so that's that. Um, I think that's everything I got this week. Like I said, this was just a quick catch up. If you ignore the the very long tangent at the beginning about running and how that's analogous with life. Um, God, I've literally turned into a runner, haven't I? I spent 10 minutes talking about running because I've been on eight runs and can currently run for three minutes. God, I am detestable. <laughs> um, I think the only other thing to tell you is that next week you're going to hear my conversation with Thomas Frank. Thomas Frank, of course, is the OG of YouTube productivity. Uh, has something like mm, 3 million subscribers, I think. Really great conversation with him about all things productivity, about almost a coming of age of productivity on his part and how he does and doesn't do certain things these days compared to in the past. It's just a nice conversation. Thomas is a great guy. I really enjoyed the conversation and I do really think that you're going to enjoy it as well. That one, of course, will be on YouTube despite the fact that this one hasn't been. I think that's it. I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you as always for listening. Hope you have a good week and I will see you back here this time next week for episode number 158 of Life and Lessons. See you then.